Jesus said in Matthew 28 verse 19, Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Welcome to Go Teach All Nations, bringing you Christ's teachings through Australian and international speakers. And here is today's presenter, Pastor Daniel Prisbilko. So today's message I've entitled, The Search. You know, the world is searching for solutions, isn't it? In so many different uh, aspects. The world is searching for solutions in the environment. We started the year 2020 with fires. It's like Australia was on fire, you remember? The end of 2019, early 2020, north and south, New South Wales, here in Sydney, we had all that smoke. Five million hectares were burnt, burnt more than, and thir- or 13 million acres. And uh, we finished the year, like 10 years ago, still talking about clean energy. <laughs> um, the world is searching for solutions in the area of health. We started the year with lockdowns and job losses, and we ended the year with many people looking, hopefully, wistfully towards some sort of magic bullet jab. The uh, world is searching for solutions in the political arena as well. We seem to have had some interesting leaders of late around the world, isn't that true? And uh, all year we've had all these interesting geopolitics happening. And like the Bible says, uh, the, the world has wars and there have been many rumors of wars this year, haven't there? Rumors of wars. And uh, just the other day I saw a clip um, of, uh, of the Chinese holding these massive, massive um, military uh, parades. I don't know how many people were there, but it was a lot of people. And, uh, you know, they're saying prepare, prepare. And so we end the year with increased sanctions all around the world in the free market that uh, we've been talking about for so long. And yet there seems to be more and more sanctions. The world is searching for solutions in the area of ethics and people in high positions seem to let us down don't they and uh, this year we've heard about some of our MPs and their relationships and sometimes when uh, when people come and they speak uh, to the media etc it's like they put on a mask isn't it Uh, and we don't see the real person behind the mask We've seen reports of the, uh, the killings and the alleged killings of civilians, etc., by our own, by our own military. The world is searching for solutions in the area of social issues as peace and unrest continue to grow. And so we've seen around the world this year aspects of police brutality and corruption. Uh, we've seen... Um, it in the area of politics and uh, social issues and unrest in because of the coronavirus. We've seen protests across the world from the Americas to across Europe and Africa and even in Israel. There, I remember there were there were demonstrations. Um, the world is searching for solutions uh, in the area of of. of accidents and disasters and and as I mentioned the fires here as I looked uh, across the different 
accidents and disasters, etc., across the world. You know, I found one website that listed the top 10 that happened in the world. And as I looked, you know, you kind of have to click through from 10 through to 9 to 8. Finally, I got to number one. You know what number one was? Australia. Australia was number one uh, on this list, particular list anyway. They said, look, even though only around 40 people died as a result of the bushfires at the beginning of the year, they say that 10 times that number actually died. I guess as a result of complications from smoke inhalation and, and other related issues as a result of that. And then, of course, we had the Beirut explosion, uh, which uh, there was more than 200 dead there, 6,500 injured, and more than 300,000 people homeless as a result of that one uh, devastating explosion there in Beirut. So as the world population grows, it is evident that there are growing pains in the world. And as the Bible puts it, all creation groans. All creation groans. The majority of the people in the world experience or are experiencing more and more suffering as a result of these accidents and disasters, as a result of corrupt people, governments, immoral people, etc. And so the world is searching for solutions, solutions in morality. People in authority, as I mentioned, continue to let us down. And in 2020, we saw some court cases, didn't we? We saw where even judges who are there to protect the people, judges themselves have been found to be doing the wrong thing and have been put behind bars. And then there are others, religious leaders, who had been behind bars that are set free. Uh, all these things confounding people around the world. But one person that actually passed away uh, here this year, anyone recognize this fellow on the right? No one recognizes him because we're all too young. <laughs> uh, this is Little Richard. Little Richard, who uh, throughout his life was in and out, actually, of the Seventh-day Adventist church. Did you know that? And, uh, and before he died, he was for quite a number of years, in a, he was in a wheelchair, and, and uh, he did an interview on 3ABN. Uh, a couple of years before he passed away and uh, he said look you know one thing I, I ask of the Lord is that I don't have to be in this wheelchair but he says look if it wasn't for this wheelchair I would still be leading the immoral life that I was before I would still be in the world of rock and roll I would still be doing the drugs I would still be doing this and that and the other but because God put me in this wheelchair he said finally I've come back to the Lord and he said, um, he said, I've done all sorts of manner of things in my life, all sorts of immoral things. But he says at the end of the day, one thing matters, and that is Jesus. And so he made an appeal to the people. He says, whoever's out there listening, come to Jesus, because Jesus is coming back soon. And he says, all this stuff that the world offers out there is not worth a cracker. He didn't say that because he's American. <laughs> but he's worth nothing it's useless the only thing that matters is to accept Jesus and to follow Jesus and so this brings us to our topic for today the search <clears throat> as the world is searching for solutions uh, 
Who or what are you searching for? Who or what are you searching for? As the world seeks so many things and more, many have forgotten about the one who came to seek and save the lost. Richard, little Richard, (laughs) uh, read from the book of John before chapter 1. And, you know, chapter 1 in the Gospel of John, we'll be looking at chapter 1 here today. So if you want to, you can open up your Bibles. We'll be looking at a few verses there from John chapter 1. But uh, John chapter 1 speaks about the Word. The Word. The one through whom all things were made. It says he was with God and he was God. He chose to come into this dark world and to give light and life to people. But John tells us that the darkness did not comprehend it. Let me read here again from John chapter 1, verses 10, and I'll read through to verse 14. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Sorry, verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the word is Jesus. Clearly, this word John refers to is Jesus. The world was made through the word. John 1 verse 10. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. John is the only Bible writer that refers to Jesus by this title, the word. He tells us that it was through the word here that the world was made. And like Genesis chapter 1, we read there that God spoke and things were created, right? God spoke and things were created. Kim Lam, if you could please sit down. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. Thank you. God spoke and things were created. How could it be then that the world did not know him? John uses the word world many times over in, the, in, in this Bible. 78 times, in fact, he uses. So what is the world? The world. You know, I remember my parents, as I was growing up, sometimes they would refer to some some people, right? They do that because they are from the world. (laughs) Have you ever heard that? Well, it's a biblical term, right? The world. The world is not merely all things that God created. It is not the natural environment around us or the, or the globe that, that, that we are on, okay? Uh, it, is, it is us. The world is the portion of God's creation that actually lives in rebellion to God. It's people. So when John writes, For God so loved the world that he gave his own begotten son, is describing us. God's love towards a bunch of rebellious people, to humankind who have turned their back on God. 
Now, Jesus was the true light that John the Baptist was bearing witness to here in, in John chapter 1. The one who would bring light into the world. And by and large, of course, as we read, the world did not know him. Have you ever missed out on a deal because you were too late to get on board? Yeah, hopefully it wasn't a Ponzi scheme, right? <laughs> you know, perhaps someone encouraged you to get into the property market or something like that 10 or 20 years ago and you said, oh, I'll just, I'll wait until the property market falls, right? Or, uh, you know, I don't want to have a big debt over my head or I'm just going to spend my money and enjoy my life, all right? Anyone said that? <laughs> ah, so... You know, perhaps you're still waiting for that opportune time to jump in. Uh, but, you know, I'm grateful that after I graduated from university, I began working. I, you know, I, I had this car that I had for five years since I was a teenager, a little, little Californian mini moke. You roll up the doors and, you know, or take the top off. And, you know, I bought the car for $1,000 and five years later I sold it for $1,000. But, you know, it got me through university. But then as I started working, man, I, I bought myself a new car. I, I started traveling around the world with, you know, with friends and, and doing this and that and spending my money, etc. And my parents encouraged me, this is like some, you know, 25 or more years ago, to invest in a small property. And, uh, you know, to make sure I didn't waste all my money. <laughs> and today, today I'm blessed by their wise advice. But imagine Jesus, the Word, the creator of heaven and earth, as it says here in John chapter, chapter 1, coming to this world to give invaluable true light to the world a light that gives understanding to eternal things, not merely temporal things here on this earth. And yet we read, the world did not know him. Perhaps the world says, oh, it's all right, I'm just going to enjoy myself. Or I'll just wait for the right time to jump on board. Jesus met a man in Luke chapter 19. Verses 9 and 10, he meets him there. His name was Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector. A man who up until that point had merely been interested in what? Temporal things. Just things here on this earth, right? Money, comfort, status, greed. And Jesus said to him, verse 9, Today salvation has come to this house because... He also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Jesus came in search of those who knew that the earth did not satisfy. Does anyone here realize that the earth does not satisfy? Not everybody figures that out. Have you figured that out? Has the light penetrated into the dark corners of your world? You know, the earthly things, they never fully satisfy. A life without God will never fully satisfy. There will be some satisfaction along the way, but it will never fully satisfy. We read in John 1 verse 11, 
He came to his own, but they did not receive him. Have you ever been rejected? Anyone been rejected? Do you know how it feels to be rejected? You know what it's like. I'm sure some of you have experienced it, right? <laughs> girl meets boy. Boy meets girl. One is totally smitten. And the other is what? Ambivalent. Or strings you along. Or just plain not interested. You know, I've been on both sides of the fence. So I understand. <laughs> uh one side feels pain and the other feels, well, probably feels nothing. Now, have any of you rejected God at any stage? The Bible tells us in Romans, Romans chapter 3, Romans chapter 3 and verses 10 to 12, it says, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Wow. Imagine what it must feel like for the Lord. Jesus came in search of reconciling humankind towards him to express his great love for each person. And yet we have all turned away at one point or another, or perhaps fairly regularly. Clearly, however, not all reject the light. As light penetrates the darkness, it separates those that are in the light and those that are hidden from the light. The light exposes us for who we are. Isn't that true? As the light shines on us, nobody can escape the light. And because the light shines on everyone, some run away because they don't want to change. Others are drawn to the light because they want to live in harmony with the light, with the truth. And so those who are accept are called then the children of God in verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name. That's right. The children of God. How many of you would like to be called a child of God? Amen? Isn't that an honor? To be called a child of God. Sometimes our earthly parents just don't measure up. Unfortunately, you know, you can't choose your family, right? <laughs> but we can choose to be a child of God. Thanks to Jesus, you and I can be a child of the king of the universe. Recently at home, I guess, you know, with lockdown and everything, I guess everybody's discovered Netflix. Uh, and... Uh, we watched a little mini-series, you know, for kids, G-rated, I think it was. It was um, a series about, um, I don't even know what it's called, but it was about a horse-riding school, you know, and Alana likes to watch it because there's these kids riding horses and all this sort of stuff. What is it called? Do you remember what it's called? Pony Sitters? Okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> 
But, you know, I noticed some of the kids, they were nice. They were good. They were well-meaning kids. There seemed to be others that were like bad apples um, in this school. And, um, and so, you know, they were always doing something to treat other kids badly. Well, it turns out that one of the young lads that was there, he was always talked down to. It was like he knew nothing. He was like a nobody. They always give, gave him the dirty jobs, you know, cleaning out the stables, cleaning up the muck and all that sort of stuff. It turned out that he was a duke in that region. He didn't know about it, though. You know, his family, his mother had come from a noble family, but because of her life choices, she had been disinherited by the family. And so he was like the next one in line. Um, but because of her choices, you know, the boy was now being raised by a single dad. And the father was like, if you like, protecting him from the knowledge that he was a somebody, you know, a duke in waiting. And he wanted him to grow up to be a well-rounded individual. You can imagine the shock of those that had been mistreating the duke. <laughs> when one day, you know, the stables, they're in trouble. And he fronts up and buys the stables. He just purchases them. And now he's in charge. No longer having to clean up all the muck. What a turnaround. But friends... You and I are like dukes and duchesses. Isn't that true? In fact, more than that, princes and princesses. Because the Lord Jesus is the king of heaven and earth. And he has paid the price of adoption of his family here on earth. He adopts us into the family of God. Is that good news? The amazing thing is that some of us come to this point of adoption, or we also call it conversion. By searching and finding, you know, we seek and we find. But others come to this point by accident, don't they? It's like they come by accident. We read in Matthew chapter 7. <clears throat> if you want to look up Matthew chapter 7, uh, we read there about those who find the way by searching. Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, will be opened. So some seek the Lord, and they find. Because, you know, if you seek, you will find. The Apostle Paul, writing in the book of Romans, in Romans chapter 10, he refers back to some things that the prophet Isaiah wrote formerly, many hundreds of years earlier. Romans chapter 10, and uh, we read here in verse 20, Paul writes this, But Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who what? Who did not seek me. Kim Lam, I'm preaching, brother. Sorry? I don't understand. Please, please. Um, thanks, thanks, Kim Lam. I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. So who are these people? These are those who find the Lord accidentally. Isn't that true? If that isn't grace, I'm not sure what is. 
You know, the Lord came to seek and save that which was lost, to give hope and eternity. And so those who accept, it says they are born of God. In verse 13, John 1 verse 13, who were born of God, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This is what today we would call conversion or being born again. It is a deliberate act of a person's faith joined with divine transformation. Both of these are gifts of God. Faith and transformation. They're both gifts, aren't they? Every, planet, every person on planet Earth has been given a measure of faith. Everyone. Even the person that says they're an atheist, they have a measure of faith. But what we do with that is a choice that each one of us has to make. In Hebrews 11, we read about faith. Hebrews 11, verses 6 and 7, we read that without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for saving his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. You know, everything may not be crystal clear in our minds. Isn't that true? And we talked a bit about that in the, in the Sabbath school lesson today. Everything may not be crystal clear in our faith journey. If it was, it wouldn't require faith. Isn't that true? But like Noah went forward in faith and prepared the ark as God had revealed to him, so we today ought to be prepared for the things that God has revealed to us. Some things God has revealed to us, as we read in Deuteronomy, are the things he has not revealed to us. But the things that he has revealed to us are ours. As children of God, we search the scriptures, we seek a closer walk with the Lord, and we know that he who searches the hearts of people rewards those who diligently seek him. It's a two-way street, just like a relationship. You know, it requires that both parties be engaged. And why wouldn't you want to when Jesus wants the very best for you? In 2 Chronicles 16, we read there in, uh, in verse 9, that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro across the earth, across the whole earth, to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal. <clears throat> a few weeks ago, and I've shared this story with some of you, a few weeks ago, it was a Saturday night, <clears throat> and I bought a weekend financial review. I haven't done that for many years, probably 20 years or so. I, uh, I bought this paper and, uh, you know, I, I kind of skipped through it fairly quickly. But then a, a, uh, a story on the very back page caught my attention. And it was uh, writing about a company called Newix. So some of you have heard of this because I've shared this story with you, right? Newix. It's an Australian technology company that produces a software platform for indexing, researching, analyzing and, and extracting knowledge from what they call unstructured data. And don't, don't ask me for the nitty-gritty on this, okay? <laughs> I've been out of technology for a little while. But 
it has applications that include, they say, digital investigation, cyber security, email migration and privacy, all based on this thing called the Nuix search engine. At first I thought, oh, it's just an amped up Google search engine. But clearly it's much more than that. Uh, you know, the, uh, they, they registered an international patent for this in 2011, so there's clearly something special about it. What it does is it crawls through all this data all over the internet, you can check everything you're doing, I'm sure, and uh, because there's no privacy, <laughs> and it crawls over, the, and it can detect things that happen in the past, but also in real time. Amazing. In 2016, <clears throat> they announced a new analysis platform that they called the Nuix Insight Analytics and Intelligence, uh, as well as other products that integrate all this, you know, cybersecurity, threat prevention, detection, response, remediation of, of various problems in the world. And so it is used, as you can imagine, by spy agencies. It is used by law enforcement agencies, governments, etc. Uh, and um, <clears throat> as of 2017, the company had more than 1,800 customers in 65 different countries. They have got their headquarters right here in Sydney. Right here in Sydney. And uh, they, they had, back in 2006, they just had two software developers. But today they have more than 400 employees across uh, six international offices as well as this one here in Sydney. So the reason they were in the paper that I bought a few weeks ago in early December 2020, it was floated on the, US, uh, on the Australian Stock Exchange and the share price grew, as you can see here, on its debut, 63%, boom, up in one day. The company added $1 billion to its already lofty valuation, which was already almost $1 billion. So imagine, people think that this mathematical, logical, computer search engine, which is now valued at $1.8 billion, as it searches for all manner of information of the, uh, across the world, people are willing to invest because they think this is actually worth something. Okay? But the question is, would anyone be willing to take a bullet for it? Do you think there's even one person that would be willing to die for this search engine? Probably not. Friends, how much more, far more, are you worth? Have you ever thought about that? How much are you worth? Friends, you are worth far more than this company far more. Jesus was willing to come to this earth to die so that I might live, to seek and save the lost. He knew it would be worth it. He knew that some people, many, would reject him, but he also knew that some would turn and accept. When I think about this Nuix search engine and what it does, 
it is actually very believable what the creator of the universe can do. I mean, he has a search engine that is far, far, far better than what any human being can program into a computer. Years ago, I remember somebody saying, um, surely, if we think that, you know, people, humankind can send text messages and and uh, you know, make phone calls and send pictures and videos and things like that. You know, they're traveling all around us, in the atmosphere around us. You look up into the ceiling space of this church here, you know, there are pictures and videos and things flying around up here that we can't see. Isn't that true? People are having conversations that you can't see. But it's happening. Surely God can send and receive our thoughts and our prayers in a similar way. He's much far, far above whatever technology humankind has invented. Is that true? In the same way, God can also keep his finger on the pulse of all that is going on. Listen to what King David has to say in Psalm 139, Psalm 139 about God's search engine. Psalm 139. I won't read the whole psalm, maybe the first six verses and the last couple of verses. Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down, and you are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hands upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. You know, when we think about the amazing way that God can, can be over everything that's going on in the earth, even our very thoughts. It's amazing, isn't it? Such thoughts, David writes here, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. I, it is high. He says, it is high. I cannot attain it. And so then he finishes off the psalm in verse 23 24 search me O God and know my heart try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting friends God gives each of us freedom of choice and I guess that can be a dangerous thing can't it <laughs> uh, we can make silly decisions we can make fatal decisions. But God was willing to come and pay that ultimate price, the death of Jesus, to ensure that we are able to keep freedom into eternity. Everlasting. Today, God can respond in real time to our decisions, whether they be good or bad. God sends us the Holy Spirit, we read in the scriptures, to guide us, to teach us, to comfort us, to pick us up when we fall, 
of course, also to reprove and correct us too. Isn't that true? When necessary. God does all of this because he loves us. He loves you and me with an everlasting love, the Bible says, an everlasting love. I want to challenge you to commit or to recommit again to Jesus for the Lord, uh, to, to Jesus for, for 2021. We don't know exactly what the future has in store. As I said, you know, the things that God has revealed, we do know. The things that he hasn't revealed are not for us to know. But what God has revealed, we can be assured of, and that gives us hope. Isn't that true? If God was to search your life today, what would he find? Which road are you taking? Are you, go, are you, are you going towards the light? Or are you turning towards the darkness? This week, um, I was blessed to spend some time up in the Blue Mountains. And uh, <clears throat> my dad's cousin lives up there. He's 86 years old now. And uh, we met him. We took him out for dinner. And uh, he told us how every year, for I, I can't remember how many years now, many, many years, he used to, <clears throat> he lives up there in Katoomba. He used to... Um, go and put out these books on a, on a stand and, uh, and then go to work for the day, back, back in the day when he was still working. And uh, people would take various books during the day and then at the end of the day he'd come and he'd collect it and, and go. But now, you know, they've built that new massive big Echo Point Centre there and when they built that they banned him from putting his stuff out. So now he goes there, he's got a big coat. <laughs> He doesn't go like that when he gets there, but, you know, he's got a big coat and inside he's got various books. He's got, you know, uh, he's got the great controversy in there. He's got Steps to Christ in there. He's got Darkness Before Dawn. He's got, he's got Happiness Digest. He's, he gives away 2,000 books every year. Can you imagine? 2,000 books. And uh, people come there, obviously this year has been very different because of COVID and there hasn't been all the international tourists and everything coming, but uh, he's still been able to give away many books. But people come there in search of things. They come in search of seeing God's beauty, the natural environment. They come in search of, some people come there, they're, they're lost, they're lonely. Uh, some people are there from the other side of the world. They might be all alone. He's met people there that are suicidal and he, he's, he's helped them and encouraged them. He's met people there that used to go to church when they were kids or, or, or many years ago, but they haven't been going for a long time. And as they, they talk to him and he gives them a book, you know, they say, yeah, I should come back to the Lord. He's met former Seventh-day Adventists there. He said, one time I was there and uh, there was fog everywhere. You couldn't see everything. And he says, I started praying, God, lift this fog so that I can meet some people and talk to some people, you know. And he says, I waited and waited, and, and then he said, 20 minutes later, the fog lifted. And so I was able to see all these people around the place give out books and whatnot. He says, as soon as I finished, the fog came back in. <laughs> Um, 
Another time, he said the fog was everywhere and he prayed for the fog to lift, but nothing was happening. Nothing happened. And so then he saw a young lady sitting on a, on a, on a bench just by herself. So he thought, I'll go and talk to her. So he went over and talked to her. She was from somewhere in South America, I don't know, Argentina or, uh, you know, um, I think it was Argentina she was from. Uh, and she was like the second in charge in the, in the police department in, in Argentina. And as he got talking to her, he gave her a book and whatnot. She said, you know, I grew up, I wasn't an Adventist, but I went to a Seventh-day Adventist school. And she says, I recognize the things that they talked about. I recognize the things in the world. I, I recognize that Jesus will be coming back soon. I need to get back to the Lord. He's met people there that other people that he knows have then reported back to him, you know, this person came into our church. And when we asked them, how did they come into the church? They said, some guy met us in Australia next to the three sisters and gave me a book and now I'm in the church. 2,000 books a year he gives out to people that are searching. Sometimes the people, he says, usually it's the Europeans like or, or the Americans, you know, they'll, uh, he'll give them a book and they say, oh, no, I'm not interested. I don't believe in God. You know, the French, the Germans maybe, <laughs> and the Americans uh, don't believe in God, you know. Uh, but then he says, sometimes I continue to converse with them and he says, he says to them, um, you know, do you want to go home and wonder, I wonder what was in that book that that guy was going to give me. <laughs> and so he says so, quite often you know these people who say I'm an atheist I don't want this but they, give me that book give me that book and they take it they take it you know God is doing something for people through this humble man and so again you know I ask if God was to search our life today what would he find are we helping other people we know that we don't live in a perfect world. God knows that too. That's why he has promised to never leave us or forsake us. He's promised to come back to pick us up. Friend, what or who are you searching for? Don't chase the things of the world because they will always disappoint. Seek the eternal things of God. Seek first the kingdom of kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you today my friend will you choose to put your heart where your head is put your heart where your faith is combine the two and ask God to perform a miracle in your life how many of you would like a miracle in your life amen we all need that miracle in our life that conversion that daily conversion you know, as God makes constant adjustments, interventions in our second-by-second second decisions each day, may we commit our decision-making to be in line with his will. As we move into a new year, 2021, how many of you wish to commit or recommit your life to the Lord here today? Why not commit to the one who will never let you down?
Amen. May God bless you as we move into a new year, new opportunities, new challenges, and may you continue to walk with the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we know that when we are living our life in your will, that you promise to do wonderful things in our lives, a miracle, a miracle that's called conversion. We pray, Lord, that you will do that miracle in our hearts here today. May our desires and our will be in line with yours so that you can, in fact, hedge us before and behind and from the sides, from below and from above, that you may put a hedge of protection around us no matter what come. May you bless us and our families, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This message was made available by the Wallara Seventh-day Adventist Church. For more resources like this, visit wallarachurch.org.
Mountain View Academy sang, There is a Fountain. Coming up next, I Will Glory in the Cross by 3ABN Music.
Let's listen to Bill Ackland as he reads from his book, Talking with God. The next prayer I would like to share with you is entitled, At the End of the Day. And the matching text is from Psalm 55, verse 17. When I rise, and at noonday and sunset, I will pray to him, crying aloud, and he shall not fail to hear me. And then an introductory thought. The psalmist had a close relationship with God, and so can we. We should start the day with him and close it at the end of the day, giving it into his care, wrapped like a present we give to someone we love. Let us pray. Dear one who sees all, as I come to you to commit my life into your care for another night, I have to say I am feeling a little weary. Weary perhaps as the years unfold, but more particularly weary of the sin that so easily besets me. Paul was not the only one troubled in this way, but I would like to come to you in this evening hour when all is quiet, when my day is about to come to its end in the darkness of the night and say, I've lived totally victoriously for you today, O Lord. Nothing to mar my record. A triumphant life to present to you in thankfulness and gratitude for what I've been for you this day. But you know and I know that the reality is not quite like that. Please forgive me, Lord, for I am truly sorry for hurting you and others today. I confess my lack, my failings, my weaknesses. And the only reason I can go to my rest in peace is because of your grace, salvation, love in action for me, which I need so much, receive so often, and deserve not at all. I pray, dear Lord, that I shall make progress in my daily walk with you, that you at least can see where I used to be and where I am right now, not for any commendation I may receive, as happens in the secular affairs of life, but so that your sacrifice and love for me will be seen to be not in vain. Truly I love you, Lord, so please give me that strength that only the Spirit can bestow. May I be a joy to you and not a cause for sadness, to honour you for all you mean to me, to ward off the evil one and take me at last into your eternal home. The thought of your promise to do this is what sustains me and puts me to sleep at the end of each day. I commit my life into your care, dear Father, and thank you for life yet another day. Amen. To obtain your copy of Talking With God, written by Bill Ackland, give us a call in Australia on 02-4973-3456 or send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. This program has been brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio.